Welcome to the Ashburnham Golf Club Members Podcast, where you can get to know some of our members, stay up to date with current affairs, and even hear from some of our staff members. Here's your host, your head PGA professional, Tom Davis. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number three on the podcast. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to be with uh, with Damien, who a lot of you would, would know. So Damien, welcome to the podcast. This is your debut. Thank you very much. <laughs> How are you? Well, it's my second debut, actually. Well, it is, yeah. We recorded one, like, probably a, a, a year ago, was it? Was it a year ago? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Maybe, maybe even more. Yeah, we, we've had this plan for, for quite a while. Um but it, it was it was a little bit more difficult to kind of get going, and then once I got going, uh, we, you know, it's, it's it's been it's been fine. Um, but yeah, how are you anyway? I'm good. Yeah, not yeah. too bad. How was uh, how was lockdown treating you? Um, not too bad. It's it's interesting um, working from home um, more than at the club, and also doing homeschooling at the same time. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's quite challenging. <laughs> as 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 this lockdown been different for you? Uh, compared to the first lockdown? It's been easier from the mindset. Uh, the first one, obviously, is, I think with everybody, it was a massive shock. Yeah. This current lockdown, it was easier in that you sort of knew what to expect. Mm. Um, you know, even sort of the first time shutting the clubhouse down, you know, you sort of think, well, what do I need to shut down? Um what do we need to do with this, do with that? Whereas yeah. this time it was sort of right, okay, we know what to do. Um, people, you know, the greenkeepers, they're in the same, you know, they sort of, they were obviously, they continue to work. We are still flexible furloughing most staff to maximize um, savings, especially with depending on the weather as well. Yeah. If the weather's really bad, then, you know, there's no real point in them, in the greenkeepers being out there yeah. in the wind and the rain. Um, especially with the January we've had. Yeah. So from that side of things, yes, it's been easier the second, well, the third, I suppose, the third lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I keep, I keep on forgetting because we had that little two-week uh, fire break, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we always just sort of the fourth, we had the, the local lockdown as well. Ah, of course, we were yeah. Open, so, yes, the third lockdown, but we've also had the, the, the um, local lockdown as well. Yeah. Which which was difficult for us because we were right on the just outside the boundary of Flnethley. Yeah. Um, so all the members in the Flnethley area couldn't couldn't play at Ashburnham. It's <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that, that that was probably more um awkward, I would say, for not just the members, because obviously the, the members being able to travel in amongst the the town not be able to get to the golf course is a, is a nightmare for them but also for the club as well it, you know it's uh, I, I i thought it was um almost like the worst situation that you could be in you know Pretty where much. you you're open you've got all your operating expenses but or your customers can't come to you <laughs> um yeah, similar to you you know the, the number of people going to the shop in that period would have been significantly reduced Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's but your huge. overheads would have stayed the same. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, overall, it, it, you know, it's, it's what it is. I think people are, are hopeful that mm. we are getting to the end of it. Um, 
I think there are some, there is some movement uh, within the golfing industry throughout the country. They're starting to gear up to reopening. Yeah. Um, I know I, I did speak to to Bruce at the 59 Club last week, um, who speaks to a lot of clubs within the country. Um, they deal with some of the big um, chains, Marriott, De Vere's, um, and he's seen an increase in sort of in, in movement and pe- them bringing people back into work to yeah, okay. start getting preparations underway in the hope, I yeah. suppose, that uh, uh, obviously they got hotels and all sorts on site. But, but um, he's certainly seen an increase in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, so we're just waiting to see. And in terms of that, we don't know when we're going to, you know, we've got no more information than the general public. Yeah. We're waiting for the announcement uh, on the 19th. Um, schools are opening to key stage one on the 22nd, I think it is. So that's that's a positive sign in that things are starting to open up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully golf, well, it should be hopefully one of the first sports to open up like it has been throughout yeah. the last sort of 12, 12 months. Yeah, I, I just I just hope in a way that if we do open, there's not too many restrictions around travel, because I think I think for us to be open, but yet you know customers can't travel too far, it's like it's almost a little bit pointless, um, and and I think that would be quite a, a hard situation for for the club. It'd be a hard situation for me as well. Um, probably a hard situation for a lot of the members again so I, I just i just hope um that if we do if restrictions are eased that there is enough where at least all of the members can come back and, and play and uh and, and enjoy the course that's, that's the hope and also when yeah. we do open we stay open yeah that's, yeah exactly and that's uh not having to close during the golfing season would be you know it's what the golf club needs not only to make sure that you know members are are able to play mm. but also if we can accept visitors because that is a you know such a big income stream um and 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 the golf club depends upon it yeah um you know there has been grants and furlough the last 12 months and we've taken advantage of, of that and it's got us through um but obviously in the f- next six months you know if we're closed again and we lose those incomes then it's going to be very very you know it's going to it's going to be probably more difficult than last year because the grants probably won't be there yeah or as uh, or as much grant um and the furlough scheme at the moment is due to end in the end of april mm. but obviously we'll if we do go back into lockdown which hopefully we won't then we you might see that extended. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've taken a bit, a bit of a gamble, to be honest. Um, in terms of like myself reopening, because I've got a real big decision to make in terms of when I get my stock in. So, from from an ideal perspective, on the day we open, um, all the stock is in the shop the day before it's all priced up it's all ready to go and i get my my date in on um in terms of my, my payment terms for for all of the products but of course i i don't know that and if we if we open within a couple of days notice it's going to be one of those ones where 
you know, my shop is not going to look that much different compared to when we closed. Um, no, but you've, you've also got the problem that the, you know, your suppliers, they expect you to work basically a year in advance. I don't know if many members know that. Yeah. It's, you're, uh, you're ordering, you're ordering your winter stock in sort of the end of winter, the winter before. Yeah. I, I've literally within the last <laughs> couple of weeks, I've already placed my Under Armour order for next winter. <laughs> and you know we would we, we're not even you know we were barely open this winter so yeah it, it's it, it's it's really tough but i've got to make a decision now whether i almost pick a date myself and just say right to all my suppliers i want all my stock in on this date which i've done um and I, i've told pretty much all of my suppliers that i want all of the stuff in the shop ready for march the first if we're not open then I'm just going to have to take the hit from a cash flow perspective. Um, but if we are open, it means that hopefully within that, those first couple of days when the members are back, there'll be a nice fresh look in the shop with new products and all of the latest gear in there um, because, you know, it's, it's all on hold at the moment. Yeah, so it's very, very, uh, very difficult for you. Yes, it's, tr it's tricky. It's, re it's really tricky because, I, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you know, we didn't really have a, a good run of getting rid of all of the stock from last year even though you know a lot of the members were fantastic in terms of the support they they give through lockdown and through the season um you know it, it really makes a difference when visitors can't come because you know when they pick up the odd glove year and you know the odd pack of balls and you know when they travel down from cardiff and they get caught out because it's you know 10 degrees colder in ashburnham with the wind coming off the right. sea you know it's um as you want to do, grow the rough up really extra extra long this year, so your ball sales go up. Exactly, and if if we can create like a, a dune either side of or dunes either side of the M4, so when everyone's coming down the M4, it just seems really warm, and then as yep. soon as they get to Ashburnham, then it's another ten degrees colder, <laughs> so they have to buy base layers, bobblets. That would be perfect, Damien. <laughs> see, see what we can do. That would be amazing. <laughs> But no, I, I'm I'm preparing um, to get all of my stock in March the first. I, I mean, I've obviously got no idea whether stuff is gonna gonna be open or not. But I I think it's a good move to to at least make that decision. And um, you know, I, I I can start preparing as well then because just kind of waiting around is is hard work. And for me, this lockdown has been very very different to the first lockdown. In the first lockdown, um, my other half Ember, she was on maternity. Uh, little one couldn't move uh, so <laughs> you know there was no crawling no walking this lockdown one on Sunday isn't she yeah she is she's one on Sunday you know she's been running around for over a month and um, you know Ember's back in work so I'm pretty much taking the duties now of uh, of looking after her on a day-to-day -day basis which means I've not got that much time, you know, to do uh, stuff like this um, as much as work as I, as I want to on uh, the business. But um, at the same time, it's been it's been fun as well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity which I never would have had before. So in, in some ways I'm grateful and then other ways I think, bloody hell, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, so Damien, I'm sure... You know, 95, 99, maybe all of the members who are listening to this podcast um, 
would have met you. Uh, they probably would have had a conversation with you, maybe even played with you over the last couple of years. Um, I doubt that. I haven't played much. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said maybe. <laughs> um, but for those maybe who don't know you that well and maybe think, well, why is our club manager got a bit of a funny accent? He speaks a little bit differently to, to the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Give us an idea on kind of where, where you're from uh, and where your kind of golfing journey began. Um, I'm, I'm a Devon boy. I am from across the border, but the, the welcome in Wales has to be, has been absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, and uh, my, uh, my other half is, is Welsh uh, from Swansea. Hence, why I'm I'm in this area, up in Wales. Um, my golfing start, crumbs. Um, my dad was given a set of old golf clubs, and there was a field at the back of my house, and I was eight at the time, and uh, hit some balls, and then they got me a um, golf lesson for my ninth birthday. Oh wow! And 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 that was it, and I enjoyed it, and so since then. Um, I played class and, and uh, enjoyed it. Did, did sure you about... did you kind of get into it as I did? Where like I, I started a lot later than you. I didn't start till I was fourteen, but literally from that minute, I was like I was hooked straight away, playing every day or, or when I could. Um, Thirty six holes some days, you know, during the summer holidays. Was it that case for you, or did it take like a couple of years to to get going? No, no, it did pretty much straight away. Mm. And there was a good, uh, I was lucky in that um, at the club, there was a good junior section at that time. They were all a bit older than me, um, but I managed to be involved. They they, they, they welcomed me. Uh, junior nights every Tuesday night, going away to junior opens in a minibus was great fun. And... Uh, you know, playing with you know, then you get into the competitions and playing with adult members. Yeah, and that opens your eyes a bit when you're, when you're sort of twelve, thirteen, <laughs> um, and, and just sort of progress through the through the club teams. Yeah, and eventually, sort of got to play the first team for for the club. And, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, it's so you, uh, you were at my stake, weren't you? I was, yeah. And and we we, are, we it sounds like it, from a junior perspective that our kind of introduction was relatively similar, where we we had a massive junior section in my stake, uh, and you know there was probably well well over a hundred juniors in the junior section, believe it or not, and I don't even know whether they've still got it now. But on a their junior kind of day is a Saturday morning between eight o'clock and ten o'clock reserved for juniors. Together, <laughs> it's, it's been it's been in the in the calendar for you know donkeys years. Uh, they're, they're a club that's over a hundred years old as well, and um, yeah, like you 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 just wouldn't get that in a club, would you? So so my my kind of introduction to juniors was. You know, every Saturday morning we'd go up the club. There'd be juniors everywhere, and um, you know, even if the tea was free between kind of nine thirty and ten, the junior leader would be standing on the tea, not letting anybody going out until until yeah. ten o'clock, um, just to give the juniors a chance. Then you know, like kind of the younger juniors, just to get ahead and, and actually play some holes before calling anyone through. But um, yeah, I think 
like going back to the junior section, having a lot of juniors in a junior section, I think is super, super important. And you see it so, so often in golf clubs where you'll have a really good junior section for two, three, four years. You know, there'll be loads of juniors that come through the club. They end up progressing into full members uh, and become members for a long time. And there's normally a handful of really good players that come out to that as well. Um, I think it's, I mean, I was, I was the last of that group and there was, there was nobody behind me. Mm. It was a bit odd. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, what you're doing for the juniors now, you're doing your, even in lockdown, you know, you're doing your, your, your Zoom meetings with them, etc. It just keeps them together. And if you get juniors together, they will compete. Exactly. They'll have fun. Yeah. And they, they will, they will improve because they suddenly, they do want to beat each other. They want to win. Yeah. Yeah. and I think that's if you can get a group of friends together playing, they will stay playing, certainly for their junior years. Yeah. Before they, you know, they disappear and other interests will go to university, but quite often they will come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, I I had that experience from my my youth as well. Yeah, it's. Uh... I I was lucky that I caught the end of that group, um, but nobody sort of there was nobody really after me. For yeah. a number of years. Yeah, it, it, it went through a couple of phases up in my stig after I left actually of being, you know, really highly populated in the junior section, then down to nothing, then a couple of years later it would build back up and then back down to nothing. And I think at the moment they're they're back down to not many not much stuff going on in the juniors. Um but it'll it'll come you, back you, and you, we'll you we'll get it down here. Progress as well. As well. You know, yeah. you are we are we are gradually getting there and I think the more juniors we get then the more we will get because they yeah. speak to their friends and yeah and, and it's, it's things like you know which i never done when i was a junior but it's things that we are trying to do in our junior academy in ashburnham is like the social events as well like they, they are so important to almost from like a, a recruitment perspective and not that you look at it from you know purely a recruitment perspective but you know, juniors play when they're surrounded by their friends and they see golf as an environment where they can have fun and, you know, just doing other things like going paintballing, uh, you know, going down to Cardiff for, for crazy golf, um, you know, just, just doing these things, having movie nights in the studio, you know, it's, um, it's super important. And I just hope now that, you know, the work that we've done over the last couple of years will just keep us on that trajectory and we'll get to the point where, you know, we've got an issue where we haven't got enough tea times and um be a nice problem to have it would it would it, it'd be it'd be a super then we'll suggest problem. 10 o'clock eight or ten sort of members for saturday morning yeah i think i think that on <laughs> on that day that'll probably be the day that i'll get forced to resign damien <laughs> um but yeah I, I mean obviously ashburnham is a very different club and you know the the, the, the strength that Ashburnham have got in terms of their competition calendar and the amount of entries that you get in a competition in Ashburnham is like is like no other golf club. And, you know, for any member who's not really played other clubs for a long, long time, you know, it's very, very unique having, you know, over 120, 130 entries on a, on a weekly basis. It's, it's incredible and um, certainly opened my eyes when I, when I joined the club a couple of years ago. Oh, it's, it's an active membership we've mm. got, which is great. excellent. I mean, hopefully in terms of the juniors as well, once um, I know it's been delayed because of COVID, but the you know, the academy course will, I'm sure, you know, help not just mem- not just juniors, but all members who, number one, who are starting out to, 
to go from that beginner stage when they're not ready to go on the golf course, yeah, especially to the standard of Ashburnham, to being able to play holes and score. Um, I mean, and there are there are going to be a couple of really tricky holes on the academy course as well, especially the last couple. Yeah, and I think I think members in general will enjoy it as well. Yeah, you know, it will certainly improve your your wedge play, your nine irons, going around there a few times. Yeah, oh, Once definitely. It's open and um, yeah. hopefully that will make a you know a big difference as well in in being able to you know, it, bring in juniors and and lady golfers yeah as well as as well as general you know everybody i i think it really will and you know especially lady golfers as well um because ladies and juniors you know for and and for anyone really who's starting off you know it can be quite intimidating playing golf in any environment uh just to start off with and to be able to kind of not tuck yourself away. It's probably the wrong way of kind of um, of saying it, but just going down to a golf course which is not intimidating yet you still feel part of a club, uh, yeah. and just being able to to go down at any point where you're not going to interrupt, you know, any golfers on the golf course, and just go around there a couple of times, and if you want to replay a couple of holes, you know, it, it's completely fine. Um, I, I think it's going to be a game changer down there and especially from a junior perspective where you know parents can sit up on uh, on on the balcony you know hopefully in the summer that's my vision anyway where the parents can sit outside you know have a couple of drinks have a bite they to can eat. see them as well exactly and just literally watch their their children just going round and round and round that golf course on the bottom um certainly that's what would have happened when I was a junior anyway and I, I think it's going to be fantastic yeah I mean that's that's it's getting there. It was due to be finished last year, but it's been delayed because of COVID. Yeah, uh, we still got to, the bays are up. We've got to finish them off. Um, we've got to get some the tea mats. Haven't been, we haven't ordered them yet? Yeah, and the and the tea signage and and, and flags. But it's you know it's, the basis of it is there. Yeah, um, and I'm sure you know once it's up to standard. It's going to be a really good little little nine holes, actually. Yeah, that 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 might be the only chance that I'll get to play eighteen holes. Actually, Damien, is to, to when play. When was the last there. time you played eighteen holes? Or shouldn't I ask? I can tell. I can tell you. I played the last time I played eighteen holes. It was with uh, this year's captain Jonathan, and it would have been not August last year, the August before, so August two thousand and nineteen. Mm. Um, yeah, and last year I played eight holes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, last year was an exception. Um, I mean, the year before I didn't play that much more, but you know, really didn't get a chance to play much last year because it was so intense, kind of in between those pockets of, you know, lockdown and restrictions and everything. It was just, um, I just, there's just no way I had a chance to play. But let's hope that'll change this year. And it's less than me. <laughs> I do, but saying that, I do get a chance to hit some shots. You know, doing lessons and. Not so much fit-ins. There's only to do demonstrations in fit-ins, but um, you know, lessons especially. I'm normally hitting a couple of shots. You know, most lessons. So I'd like to think that even though from probably hundred yards and in, I probably wouldn't be very good, and my short game is probably not that great. But I'd still be able to hit a half decent ball, and um, yeah, hopefully it wouldn't be long before I could get back up to back up to a half decent standard. Anyway, I'm sure it's uh, what is it the old phrase? Form is temporary, class is permanent. Yeah, 
yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, I might prove that that uh, <laughs> that's saying wrong. <laughs> but talk, talking about the golf course, Damien, like what what does um, what what can the members like expect when we do get back? Like ass, ass, assume, yeah, uh, assuming we're going to get back at some point in March, as an example. It's um, looking. I was there today, actually. Um, um, it, it's looking good. The greens mm. are good. They're a bit longer than they usually are. We're not cutting down quite as low because it's not not got the traffic on. Um, we've had a tiny bit of disease, but nothing to worry about. That's that's normal. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more prominent to see because it doesn't like people being stepped on. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it's fine. It's all under control. Paul's keeping an eye on it. But that's uh, it's fusarium. But every club gets it, and we don't yeah. get much of it. There's a tiny bit there, but you get that every year. Uh, there's there's obviously certain areas, parts of the course, which are or have been wet because I think it's basically been the wettest January on record. Yeah. Certainly the eighth is you know has been very wet in other areas, but it's it's draining now. It's it's draining really well the it's it's looking as it would normally in this time of year um you know it looks a bit tired a bit washed out yeah you know that's february february golf it always looks a bit washed out yeah the green keepers have um, been working on aeration Um, they've solid times the verti drain the greens the approaches the tees uh they've even verti drained the the fairways brilliant and they've used the air 2g2 putting high pressure air underneath the greens to try and break it and basically it breaks it up so it gives the roots easier an easier route down deeper so they've been working hard on that and putting some top dressings on to to sort of thin out the uh, any thatch and, and create a better putting surface yeah so they've been working hard you know when they've it's been difficult in january because it has been so wet and cold yeah so some of the normal work and procedures that they would have done, they've had to delay. I know yesterday Paul was out. Um, I don't know if any members saw the the vlog by Dan Hendrickson, but you know they would have seen that there was a lot of weeds in the bunker faces. Yeah. You know, normally that amount of weeds wouldn't have been there because Paul tends to um, he burns them off. Yeah. To try and protect the revetting. He actually goes around and, and literally burns off, but he he was burning off yesterday. Ah, okay. So so you know they they will look a lot better by the time the members ah, good. come back and play. Good. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 looking like a it's looking good. Yeah. You know, it's, we have no concerns uh, regarding you know I'm sh- the greens underneath are as good as ever. Good. They've had their usual work, if not more than they normally would have. You know they've had a rest as well, which in some ways is good, but in other ways, um, foot traffic can actually help. Yeah, it doesn't help compaction, but it certainly it stops um, things like moss and some some disease don't doesn't like foot traffic. Got you. But it's but it's looking good. Yeah, good, I, I suppose, and this is me thinking kind of off the top of my head now. I suppose like off the back of a winter when you're cutting the greens slightly higher and correct me if i'm wrong you don't they cut them at five mil i think he's up to six at the moment yeah, okay um, uh, in the summer they're down to three yeah 
and in the winter, what would they be? Would they're they be? usually five, uh, minimum of five. Uh, okay. So if, if they if they kept number six at the moment, and in the winter anyway, there are five, going back for the members this time, they probably won't see a huge difference in the greens, kind of like pre-lockdown and post-lockdown. No, they won't. Where, whereas previously, when you go back, because if, if you think about that first lockdown when everyone went back you know the the weather was fantastic yep. we'd had you know eight weeks of you know fantastic weather and going back to greens which essentially should have been three mil at that point in any other time um or any other year probably historically to you know looking at greens which were kind of five or six mil or whatever they were there there, there would have been a much bigger difference last lockdown compared to this lockdown so hopefully members are not going to see that much of a difference and you know, fingers crossed, if we get some good weather now, when we do get back, it won't be long before the greens are back down to three mil and, you know, they're rolling as good as they ever, they ever are. I'm sure, I'm sure they will. I mean, yeah. he's, he's slightly, he's kept them slightly longer because there's no play on them. Yeah. Um, but the fescue, the fescue is really enjoyed this year. Yeah. With the slightly, uh, keeping it slightly higher during the lockdowns. Um, the, it's really thrived, which is, fescue is the, the grass that we want to promote mm. and, and that what's that grass is what makes dash burnham's greens so good yeah especially all year round you know that is what people overseed with that's what they want in 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 the greens um, you know even broadport call they will put on fescue they yeah. will try and promote fescue um all the links courses especially we're mm. lucky Fescue wants to be at Ashburnham. It's a really well-established um, fescue sword in the greens. That's good. And, and that's one reason why Paul can cut down to three mils. You wouldn't normally cut fescue that low. Oh, really? No, no. Most places don't go that low with fescue, but we can because it's such a well-established. Oh, that's good. Um, and... Paul's been doing, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He does. He's, uh, <laughs> I don't think people can argue with the quality of the greens that he no. produces year on year. Um, you know, I think it's, it's they've got to be one of the most consistent green uh, greens in in Wales. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite unbelievable, and I'm not saying this now because you know uh, we're on our podcast, but as as some of the members will know that we get a lot of visitors and a lot of those visitors tend to play uh, in little kind of like, uh, how would you call them? Kind of like weekend trips, if you like, or midweek trips where they play a few different courses. So they might play Tembi, Pennard, Royal Puth Call, Pyle. And honestly, the the feedback that we get, because we, we tend to be, um, you know, further west than, or towards the end of their trips, if you like, where they might play Porth Call, Pile, and then come down to us, or maybe Pennard, Langland Bay, and then finish with us. Um, the feedback we get about the greens compared to a lot of other courses during the year is, is unbelievable. It, it, it really is. Um, and, yeah, I just, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It, re- it really is. No, it's something that, you know, we can be proud of at Ashburnham. Um and we know that, you know, we get the STRI in every year who are independent mm. to to assess the, you know, the golf course and, um, and discuss with, obviously, 
myself and especially with you know Paul and the Greens director at, who, at the time and they will give independent views and advice on sustaining good mm. greens you know and we're in an enviable position that we have got a good makeup under the greens you know we haven't got to holocore you know we, we do t- we make holes in the greens and i don't know if members you know a core is actually when you go in they're usually about an inch and a half wide and you actually take you know, actually take the core out of the green um we did core the, the 8th and the 15th at the start of the first or second lockdown i can't remember <laughs> um only because those two greens are our wettest greens yeah Eight and fifteen are uh, by far our wettest screens. So we did call them on the first day of lockdown, so that by the time the members came back, they probably wouldn't really have known that we actually did take some cores out. You know, we haven't got the thatch levels that re- require us to to have to core, mm. um, and Paul doesn't have to open the surface up of the greens very much during the playing season, and that gives us you know that consistent putting surface generally from april right through to october yeah i i've got to be honest when they do the um it's not core it's aeration Aeration. yeah they do such a good job of it at ashburnham uh in terms of, because the way I look at it, I, I don't look at it from a scientific uh, scientific perspective. I look at it as, oh my God, the greens were awesome. Holes. The greens were awesome yesterday <laughs> and today they're not awesome. How long until they're going to be awesome again? And the time between them, you know, aerating the greens and the playing surfaces being back to, you know, a very, very good standard is, is minimal. And, um, you know, that, that's fantastic. And from you, previous if you manage it right like they do, you know, you can you can virtually drain the greens by making holes in. You can put some top dressing on, or you can use the I'm sure a few members have seen our true turf roller. Yeah. Which is an odd looking thing because it goes sideways. Yeah. Um, but you can aerate and run that over. And when you putt, you'll you probably won't notice hardly any deviation in the roll. Yeah. Even though there is holes in the greens and you know, we have to put holes in to get air down into the roots if you didn't then you lose your greens in a couple yeah. of years so so yes it's, you know, i take my hats off to to all the green keepers and certainly for the work they do especially in the, the last 12 months with the restrictions and them not being able to put in the, as the normal number of hours in yeah um and i think you know certainly from the playability of Ashburnham, I think it will be just as good as normal. Yeah, coming into the season. Yeah, I I, I hope so, and um, I I hope more than anything as well is that we get the weather in March, April, and May that we did last year, <laughs> and we're open. And um, we're open, yeah. Yeah, because that 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 would just be an absolute treat for 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 the members to be able to play through that. You know, um, it's so frustrating last year. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's let's hope so. Absolutely, Damien. Absolutely. I, I I don't know whether there's any other little messages which you want to kind of um, give, give out to the members. We've had a good little chat there for over half an hour. Um, yeah, I didn't know what we were going to cover. It's quite interesting where the conversation goes. I know, I know, I know. Um, and and I think I think to to a point, you know. I, I mean, it's it's a really good way of 
of, of, of running a little podcast, you know, is just have a little chat, have a catch up, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, the, the members will kind of, uh, you know, get to know a lot of things which, you know, perhaps not that easy to write in a newsletter or, um, you know, communicate and, you know, for them to be able to put on a little podcast on, on the way to work, maybe if, uh, you know, if, if, if anybody's working or, you know, even, even during the day, if they're working from home or something, you know, it's just a nice way of, uh, of staying in touch with them, I think. Yeah, it's good. But then must do, do a regular one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is, uh, this will be the second one in a couple of weeks. So yeah, I'd really love to get some of the members on as well. I've got, I've got my eye on a few and, um, <laughs> I just really want to get them on and, uh, you know, just really dig into, because it'd be really interesting for me, you know, to talk to a member who's been a member there for, let's say, 40 years, 30 years, whatever it is, and talk to them about how the course has changed and, you know, how the dooms have all changed over the years and how, you know, someone was telling me the other day that on the second, you know, that there was hardly any dunes as you come off the tee um, and there was hardly any kind of like dips on the that, fairway um, between... Like the fifth. Apparently, from what I've been told, the fifth green was very flat. Oh, really? And the fifth fairways, had, you know, obviously you can see the grounds moved over the years. Yeah. Um, I think, what else did they say? I think the tenth fairway used to be, it's pretty flat now, but it used yeah. to be dead flat from, oh, really? from what I've been told. Yeah, it's yeah, incredible. It would be interesting to get some some, yeah. you know, some members who've been a long-term members to, 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 to go through the differences. Yeah. Really good. And also as well, I think it'd be really cool just to get some some new members on as well. You know, even members who've not even been a been a member with us a year, and just get their take on what they think of the golf course and their favourite hole. And um, I I, th- I think it'd be a really real cool thing to do. Um, and I just hope, uh, yeah, if I ask everyone, they uh, they're quite willing and uh, accommodating. Is <laughs> because it, it's, it's not the it's not well, it is easy. I'm sure, they will once they hear more of. Of like these yeah yeah you know um, as you say i think some people don't quite understand what a podcast is yeah i mean um, essentially it's um it's just a radio station on demand that's all yeah. it is so we've got our own radio station and we can publish whatever information we want when we want which is uh which is quite good yeah it doesn't take too much time but for me, there's there's not much um, that I need to talk about. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk too much about products or selling anything. Uh, um, you know, through these this series, I might do a couple through the year, maybe on certain things. If because I know there's there's a few products which uh, which are due to come out soon, I might do a couple of product episodes. But uh, I'm not going to talk about them now. I'm going to wait until we uh, we actually open our doors first. Yeah, I know the the, um, the council have discussed. You know competitions going forward this yeah. year we, we've got a well they've got a provisional uh, some provisional dates set in obviously it all de- it's all reliant upon when we open yeah so uh, people might uh, one thing that we have done on brs is we've, we've taken out all the competitions and just the names of the competitions just put in competition and then the plan will be to sort of populate yeah the the brs and the competitions probably only working about a month in advance mm. just to to see how things go yeah so people will have you know, probably a month in advance of knowing when what competition is going to be when you know i think we've got six competitions from 2020 to to complete we've got a finals day um or finals of the knockouts bar one um 
to complete. So they did well. They did really well last year. I was gonna. Was, I was gonna say hats off to the council for getting yeah, as many competitions as they did. They started in July, and if we hadn't had the local lockdown in October or September, whenever it was, you know, we probably would have completed the competitions. Yeah. But the boards have been updated for those that uh, we know the results for. Yeah. So those members will see their name on the board when, oh, they, when they get back into the clubhouse. That'd be nice. And then we'll populate the uh, the others you know, when we know who the winners are. Class, brilliant, Damien. I, I think I think that's good. We'll we, we'll leave it there. Um, and I'm sure there'll be other things which will pop into our heads over the next week or so. And um, yeah, maybe we'll have a catch up in uh, in a couple of weeks. Well, hopefully we might have some news on when we will be reopening. Yeah. Yeah, and for any members who are listening as well, um, please don't be afraid to pop any questions that you want answered on the podcast. You can send them directly to me, directly to Damien. Um, you know, we'll we'll do our best to answer uh, as much as we can on the podcast. And if there's anything that we don't feel like we should answer on the podcast, we will get back to you uh, individually. So please don't be afraid to, to send us questions or even just give us a topic to talk about. Um, you know, it might even be kind of how to play the eighth hole or how to play the ninth hole and Damien can explain his way and I can explain my way. <laughs> um, but just even fun topics like that and we'd be more than happy to go through it. And um, yeah, more than anything, thanks for tuning in and uh, hopefully we'll see you all soon. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, thanks.